This is the black boy, what you gonna do out here on your own? This is the black boy, don't you know remember that don't want you grow? This is the black boy, what you gonna do when you time to get old? This is the black boy, this is a story that ain't never told. This is the black boy, what you gonna do out here on your own? This is the black boy, don't you know remember that don't want you grow? This is the black boy, what you gonna do? Okay, so we're live, we're back here, Bossman Talk, and this time we have a team, myself, Otis, um, keys is out, it's his daughter's birthday, but, you know, his spirit is always here, he's always here, so, so today the topic is the media representation of Black disabled men, Black disabled women, Black disabled men especially. So, with that, I'll kick it open. Who wants to, who wants to take a shot at it first? Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess. I would say disabled people with, living with disability don't really have a good reputation when it comes to media in general. And, for black disabled men is even worse. Like, well, reduced to um, inspirational porn, if you will. And I feel, I feel that, especially about, I think, what, what radio? I believe that that um, movie was. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and I feel like there's really no, no, what do I say? Substance when it comes to black. Disabled people, especially Black disabled men, representation in media is will bastardize to this innocent child, right? Like you don't, you ain't gonna think of Malcolm X when you think of radio. You ain't gonna think of a disabled person have any critical social critique of the system in which they exist in. Like we're there to inspire, right? And we're there to entertain. Right, like going back to what you say, Jim Crow being named after a black man with a disability. We're either there to inspire you or we're there to entertain you. But there, there, there's really, it, it's like I feel the same way when I look at YouTube and I look at the disabled community. Like I don't really see any serious social critique, yeah. right? At least any serious social critique that's getting recognition and getting play, right? Like most. Of, this, of, of, of the platforms on YouTube is reminiscent of Hollywood. Like, it has to be inspirational, right? It has, or it has to be entertaining. But it, it, it's never really serious. Or they'll touch on it very, very loosely. Like, I know one platform, I don't even want to say his name. One platform spoke on, on um, inclusion and equality, but that was only after the, the riots happened with Black Lives Matter. So the only reason why they spoke on it because it was it was the thing to do at the moment, but they ain't talking about it no more, right? <laughs> so like, it, it, it becomes annoying. And then they, they compare you to other people like the, that, that um, dude who has no arms and no legs, I believe yeah. he's a, this able person from Australia, I forgot what his name was right now, 
But they're comparing you to him. Like, how come you can't have a mm. platform like that? It's like, mm. look at the rhetoric. Mm. Like, all the rhetoric is just inspirational. Like, whether it's reflective of reality is irrelevant. Right? He's talking about take your take your um defeats and turn it into a triumph, right? But it's easy for you to talk about that when you have access to more resources. Right? So when we talk about the, the disabled community, we gotta talk about the nuances in regards to race. Right? And like I said, I just don't think it's reflective because if I get on my tip and I want to give social critique, I go from being a black disabled man who's inspirational to always being angry. Right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, revolution! Like, damn it! Yeah, you know, it's, you know, and I, I see a lot of, I see a lot of white people. I just, you know, I, I see a lot of white disabled people in movies and commercials and everything else. But when it comes to black disabled people, were like homeless or were a gangbanger like Snoop Dogg and um. And in, 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 in the movie with um with um Washington, he plays a gangbanger in a wheelchair. Oh, we oh we have mental mental health disabilities or homeless, you know. I mean, everybody's up up in you know up and excited about Crip Camp, but you know Crip Camp is mostly white white people, you know. And it is funny because when when we do get um, a role, it's not recognized from the dis disability community. Like um, my my Rainy Bottoms, you know her 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 um, her nephew was disabled, but no 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 way gonna bring that up. No way gonna write a blog about it. And I. Will, I posted like three times. I think is anybody gonna write a blog about this character having a disability in a major black movie? And from my experience, only like three people wrote about it. I was like, this is a major character. So, so when when we do get in movies, we're 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 not we're not like wrote, wrote about you know. But when when a white disabled character gets in a movie and it just really community don't like it, they go they go off the wall. They write blogs and protest about it. But when it's a black person with a disability, it's like there's no talk about it. You know, so it's it's just yeah, it's just it's just you know, for for me, I've been I've been you know, um, looking at media and disability for years and years and years. And I, I just don't, you know, I, I just don't see it as much. And when, when I do see it, it's, it's, it's a black man that's homeless. <laughs> you know, it's a black man that's a wheelchair maker. Or it's a black man that's, um, that's all in the back on the that you don't see it, you know. So, yeah, you know, we talk about inclusive and diversity, and you know, Hollywood is doing diversity, and it's like, come on, Hollywood, are you serious? 
that's why I, 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 I always put the public enemy song Burn Hollywood Burn because it's like, you know, Hollywood's dead. You know, I mean, people can make movies off their cell phones. We don't need Hollywood anymore. But, um, yeah, to, yeah, to say that, I just, I just don't see, especially black men. You know, I don't see black men in movies a lot. You know, I, I see sometimes black women, but black men, the only time I see disabled people on television is when CNN airs the Shriners Hospital commercials, which I see as inspiration porn. It is a more PC version of the Jerry Lewis's telethon, in my opinion, if you haven't seen it. And you, you know, uh, I go go back to August Wilson because I, I did a whole um, blog about August Wilson, and like three of his major movies have disabled male characters. In a way, talks about it. You know, fences, Marie um, Black Bottom, and another one that I'm forgetting. But like three major movies have black to sell men and nobody's talking about it. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just, I, I, I keep on saying that, you know, if it, it's a black to sell character, the disability community is not going to write about it. If the black community is all ableist and they don't even see it, they don't see it as a political cultural thing to write about. You know, they just see it as, oh, you know, it's another overcoming story, you know? So, of course, we don't see any blogs or any writing on it because people don't see it as a political cultural item to write about. Or just take it away. Yeah. yeah. Um, hold on. Yeah, I feel like, like I said, like if you think about the Green Mile, right? Well, essentially, he's a Black disabled man as well, right? And he's in prison. So again, it, it, it's using Black people as a vehicle or particularly a disability, a disability as a vehicle in order to sell inspiration. So it's not him giving a social critique of the system of what landed this black man in prison. It's him finding peace in his subjugation and him being happy, right? I guess so, so that's what I'm saying. Like, and it's not just black disabled men. Like, they do the same thing with black women. Like, they will put them, we have this thing where we say black people are employed for three reasons. They are employed either to be cleaner, either to be security, or either to be a mascot, right? And a mascot, essentially, they're using you for PR. So you're the first black person, whatever, in order for that company to get a grant 
for having diversity, right? For them to meet a so-called quota or because they trying to save face in front of the community, right? So they'll use you as a mascot. And essentially, that's what disabled people have become. We have become mascots. But it, it, and then it and then it start with black disabled people. It started with we got them disabled white people, right? Like the first human zoos came from freak shows, right? The first people in freak shows was white disabled people. Like if you, if you look up the etymology of the word monster, the original meaning was simply someone that was born with abnormality. That's it, right? So the only thing you have to do is be born with what they said different or being born deformed and you constituted as a monster. Hence the Goonies. Right, look at the Goonies, like the, 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 the main quote-unquote character was simply a person with a disability, right? But they vilify them the whole time. Right? Or look at the witch in, in the last, what, 2020 um, remake of the witches, where most of the witches were simply deformed. That's it, right? So a lot of times they use um, the deformed human being as a, as a um, how do I say? As a foundation in order to create their monsters, as a foundation to create their quote unquote non-humans, right? And it's manifested throughout all the media. So again, we're either being used as entertainment, meaning we're either scaring the hell out of you <clears throat> in the media, right? Or we're making you laugh, right? or we're being used as inspirational porn to make you feel good. And again, this goes way before Hollywood was even built. It goes back to freak shows. Yeah. And that goes back to this, this is how Black people in general became vilified because we didn't fit the so-called normal definition or the default definition of what it means to be a human, which is white, particularly white male, yeah. right? So anything outside of that quote-unquote normal um, parameter was deemed as non-human, which went from disabled people and then to Black people, essentially. So all of this is interconnected. All of this is intertwined. And then not only just Black people, you had yellow fever while I was watching, um, what, I think um, Flash Gordon, I believe, I was watching. And the main villain was uh, the Asian man. Right, I forgot for in for a shoe, something like that. Right, but why? Because that's when America has contentions with China at the time. So they made a movie to vilify the Asian community. Right, why? Because you was abnormal, meaning you was non-white. Right, they doing the same thing with the Arabs in regards to Israel and Palestine. Right, Israel normal, they're the accepted. Palestine abnormal because they're not white. Right? So all of these things are intertwined. All of these things are interconnected. It didn't just pop up yesterday. It's an extension of the Enlightenment. It's an extension of Plato when he was laying the foundation for what it meant to be civilized, what it meant to be acceptable, and what it meant to be um, barbarian and not acceptable. Actually, I have a whole article about the difference between how the Greeks seen disability in relationship to how African people yeah. seen this disability. And it's very, very, very fascinating. Yeah. Because um, you didn't fit the normal definition you made the so-called state look bad because you made the so-called state look bad. You remember in 300 when they threw the babies off the cliff or the main villain was a disabled person with a hunchback? 
Like, well, essentially, that's what happened to you. Why right? you got shunned and you got outcast. But in other cultures, like in India, sometimes you're made into a god. You're made into a divinity. Like, we have seen that countless times, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so it, it, it's not just something that Hollywood have manifested. It's an extinction of Western culture. And that's why I always say, unless we destroy Western culture and completely start over, this phenomenon will keep going and going and going. Well, the only thing I'm going to be able to be used for is to be used for entertainment and to make you feel good. And the minute I step outside of that role, I'm suddenly the angry Black man with a disability who's just miserable. Right? It's funny, I'll get to you. It's funny that they bring that out because, you know, I try to flip it in my writing to say that disabled people were the bones of the entertainment system. You know, um, you go back to the dozens. You know, I, I, I write about this constantly. It, it, it's so um, fascinating. You know, the dozens, the whole history of the dozens of separating, you know, disabled slaves on the slave boats and making disabled slaves entertain the white settlers. And they were like <laughs> spinning lines as like, holy shit. So fucking disabled slaves were the bones of hip hop, you know? So if you flip the story, it's like, oh, of course, you know, that's abuse and oppression and all that stuff. But also the entertainment industry lays on the bones of disabled people, especially black disabled people. From the dozens to freak shows to circus, to the blues, to, I mean, it's like, wow. You know, so, you know, and of course, you know, after you get the camera, it's like, you know, it's they totally flip it because you have to be, quote, unquote, appropriate to be on camera. You know, I, I, I read um, Curtis Mayfield's book, you know, biography. He talks about when he, when he became disabled, he's like, yeah, I guess nobody wants a 50-year-old black disabled man to, to sing, you know? But his last album was his best album, you know, his last album, um, New World Order, was the, I think, the best album that he made, and he made it from his bed, you know? So it, 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 it's interesting how, um, you know, disabled people, especially black and brown disabled people, were the bones of entertainment. But now entertainment has no time for disabled people, especially black and brown. Good deep. The one disabled black man I see on TV is the guy who was paralyzed on the NCIS which is something, but he is the token because he is the only one in all of TV programming. So it just strengthened the stereotype of disabled as abnormal. I try to write about this in my novel where I have my protagonist divide society and his mind into the alien freak box and the cool status of normal. 
I think this is the bullshit that our society has us thinking, and the media just reinforces this obliged thought pattern. I agree, Latif. I agree. And the thing that I, well, I do understand, but I don't understand, but I do understand, is that once, once you become that person, like, like, like the person in, um, in, in the show that you mentioned, you know, why, why can't he put together like a, like a, a mentoring program for black disabled men to profile in his footsteps or the following his tracks? You know, it's like, you know, I, I, I know that he's probably getting more work because he, he's the only one there, you know? But still, you know, and not only him, you got, you know, I, I just wondering because uh, it just once again it comes back to my work, come back to crip hop, is that we advocate and educate, and it's not all about I I I I. You know, I mean, I love I love Stevie Wonder, I love Ray Charles, but they had decades and decades to like support black disabled musicians coming up. Why 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 haven't they done that? You know? We talk about inclusionary and all that stuff. It's like, well you guys got the money already. You guys are there. You guys been there. Why do I do we have to push you guys to talk to them to talk about diversity? Just do it. <laughs> You know, just put a program and teach other black disabled men how to get into Hollywood. It's simple. But they, you know, they they wait until the whole the whole structure is moved and we have to protest and they come back with all kinds of diversity inclusion with this bullshit. Oh my god, so so <laughs> I I I saw this. Um, I saw this Zoom. Um, this Zoom um, event talking about the, um, the um, music academy, and then it was you know disabled musicians. I I I I was on the panel, but I just saw the panel, and everybody was saying good stuff, and and, and the lady from the academy. After all that talk, she's like, okay, I'm gonna put together a survey. A fucking survey? I was like, are you serious? After the whole hour talking about inclusionary and getting more disabled music musicians in the academy, your answer is to have a survey. And nobody raised nothing, nobody pushed back. I was like, are you serious? Nobody's gonna push back on that shit? A survey? In 2021, and you're talking about a survey. You know, all this money is going out to racial, you know, of course, it doesn't mean nothing, but all this money is going out to racial justice, you know, and, you know, people are getting like grants to do you know, art and racial justice and all that stuff. And at the end of a panel, you're going to say your answer is a survey. 
was like, wow. That's like, wow. And nobody challenged it on the panel. And I knew everybody on the panel. And I said, oh, okay, that's good. <laughs> it's like, so that's, 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 that's the cycle that, that keeps on happening. It keeps on happening. You, you can do surveys all until, until we're 90 years old. If you're not going to implement anything, it just, it's just useless. So I just, I, I just couldn't believe that. So I was like, I just. Serious. And nobody pushed back. Everybody's like, oh, this sounds good. And this is kind of the music academy. <laughs> and so the, the, the survey was to find out how many disabled musicians are out there. I was like, are you serious? I think Crip Hop can give you the numbers right now. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> You're going you to waste two years to do a survey to get numbers to do nothing with it. It's something else. Otis, you want to see? Yeah. Um, to me, we have to understand like, what capitalism actually is. Like, I think a lot of people use words, but they really don't know the meaning of them, right? Capitalism monetizes, adds value to everything. And the minute you add value or subscribe value to it, you automatically devalue it, right? The minute you subscribe a, a, a price tag to it, you automatically devalue it. Actually, this book I'm reading called The Dark Side of modernity, I believe. It was talking about how the invention of capitalism, as some people like to say, which I think goes way before the 1800s, especially when we're talking about the aristocracy in the Roman Empire. So they essentially did the same thing, where they control large amounts of lands at the expense of the masses and force them to work for little to no compensation. Right, so we could see that same, so that's how we're defining capitalism, then we could see that same pattern implemented even in the Roman age, right? But in this book, he's talking about how with the invention of um, the Industrial Revolution, that's when you get the implementation of natural resources, right? So now nature is no longer nature. Now nature is a resource. And resources are there to be extracted and exploited, used and discarded, right? Humans will deduce the resources. Resources are meant to be extracted, exploited, abused and discarded, right? I mean, even Marxism. If you read ontological terror, Calvin Warren's talk about how even in their so-called humanities, it dehumanizes. Right? So they say socialism and Marxism is supposed to humanize that which capitalism dehumanizes. But yet, even under Marxism, you're deduced to a unit of labor. Right? Your, your value is subscribed to what you can produce. Right? That's how your value is measured. Right? So what we're, we're talking about, we're not talking about human beings no more. What we're talking about is commodities. Black people are commodities. Black People with disability are commodities. Men are com commodities. Women are commodities, 
right? Like a lot of people got mad at, at that sister, to, to, was it Tamika Mallory from Black Lives Matter? Who, who bought the mansion, was it her? Or am I thinking about, it was her, right? A, a lot of brothers got mad at her because they feel like she made a come up off of, how do I say, monetizing Black outrage around Black death, right? So they feel like she made a living off of Black people dying, right? And I understand, and I understand, but I'm not really focusing on her because that's how the whole system is goddamn constructed. None of these institutions would exist if it wasn't for Black death. I mean, just use Disney, for example, right? What's his name? Um, Wrestling Peace to Chatwin Barwick, right? Who died from a common L um, infection that affects a large majority of Black men. What was the prostate cancer that took him out, I believe? Right? What did Disney do? Instead of saying, you know what, we're going to donate in order to mitigate this, this, this ailment that affects a large portion of Black men, they made tributes. They made merchandise with his face on it. Right? They made a, a goddamn Fortnite character and charging these kids 15 bucks or something to buy his character. And they call that a tribute. Right? So I could argue, is Disney not monetizing the black man death? Because they obviously don't give a damn about what killed him. And then we assist it by turning him into a merchandise. He's no longer a human being no more. He's a Black Panther. So what he did as a man is almost irrelevant compared to what he did as an actor. Right? So when we're talking about the monetization of Black death, we can't automatically go to the quickest thing that draws the most attention. So the only reason why we got so mad at Tamika Mallory, because it's easy to spot. It's so goddamn obvious, right? That's why. But when, when we're talking about Disney monetizing Black death and I talk about it, you get mad at me and call me being negative and say I should be happy that they're honoring a Black man. Like, why, why the hell should I? That money not coming back to the community, right? And you was talking about how they get all of this money to do studies and do research about so-called um, marginalized communities. And then once they get the money, the money never go back to the community. It strictly gets filtered off to these particular organizations. And then they do the same study a year later, maybe have a different face would do it, come to the same conclusions, nothing really get implemented, right? Because as Amos Wilson said, if you're trying to understand the problem, don't understand who's affected by it, understand who profit from it, right? So if they really fix this problem, they would not be able to profit, right? And Black people have to understand that. If Europeans or whiteness fix the problem of Black exploitation, fix the problem of Black brutality, fix the a problem of Black people being discarded and removed from their land so hotels could build their resorts, right? And the people in that region don't even benefit from the goddamn tourism, right? If they actually fix these problems, they wouldn't have as much money, they wouldn't have as much benefits as they do. Calvin Warren, it was either Calvin Warren or Frank Wilderson, I forgot which, said that white people's freedom to move 
came at the expense of black subjugation, right? So they created laws to limit the, mo the mobility of the black body. But by limiting our mobility, they gave white bodies free reign, right? You're able to do whatever you want. However, I'm relegated to this particular section of the plantation, right? So your freedom came at the expense of my freedom. Right, so one cannot exist without the other. Like we think that shadow slavery was this one-time event, and it's completely disconnected. Although we have traumatic, um, and we still have um a traumatic memory from it, which is why we might be brutal to each other. We might engage in quote-unquote black-on-black violence. We might be alienating to our partner. We might be alienating to our children. So these are modalities, as Wazi would say, that we have adopted from the plantation. And we just got to go to see a psychologist and work through our mental health, demand reparations. Once we work through our mental health and get our reparations, we're all good. That's not the case. That's not how any of this works. This works because you are exploited. They have to have a continuous system of exploitation in order to maintain the society or the civilization that they have built, period. So as long as this worldview, this civilization exists, it will always come at the expense of you. It will always come at the expense of so-called abnormal people, meaning the people who don't fit the default definition of what it means to be a human, which is mostly white and specifically white males, if that makes sense. So money ain't gonna cure this. You going to a psychologist ain't gonna cure this. And some people say the only thing that's gonna cure this is a revolution, right? I'm not even just talking about physical revolution. We're talking about revolution of the mind. We're talking about a complete transformation of the ideas that you carry. Right, that's really where it begins. Because the reason why you see me as less than human because you share their definition of normal because I don't fit that. Therefore, you engage in so-called ableism, right? Oh, yeah. Thank you, Otis. Latif, you The thought process that I was mentioning before was from my novel, not the TV show, but I agree with you. Our media is just a reflection of the values and beliefs as a society. So since our society is based on violence, exploitation, and death, why are we surprised when we see that on TV? Like Otis says, capitalism needs. The thought process that I was mentioning before was from my novel, not the TV show, but I agree with you. Our media is just a reflection of the values and beliefs as a society. So since our society is based on violence, exploitation, and death, why are we surprised when we see that on TV? Like Otis says, capitalism needs to be overthrown in the revolution. But we need to see how media is framing capitalism as natural and inevitable and combat that shit. Because if capitalism is inevitable, the marginalization and exploitation of black disabled people is inevitable. It is just a tautology that will lead to destruction. So true, so true. Both of you said a mouthful. I can't, I can't even, I can't even say anything, you know, both of you nailed it, you know. 
And yeah, <laughs> the thing, the thing, the thing that 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 kills me, and I say it almost every every black man talk that we do, is that we we create jobs out of our destruction. It's 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 mind blowing that that most of the prison guards are black. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, we create jobs that are destroying our own people. It's just, it's just, yeah, capitalism is a whole, it's a, it's a beast. It's a beast. I mean, but some can say that's what real wealth is. I think it was Huey, I believe it was Huey, <laughs> who said um, power is the ability to um Define phenomenon and have it act in your desired manner, right? And essentially, what these companies, which as we both know, is dominated by whites, right? <laughs> They're able to create new positions out of thin air, yeah. right? And this position that didn't exist yesterday <laughs> now bringing in a fifty thousand dollar salary yes. overnight. Yes, you created yes. a fifty thousand dollar job position studying my ass, yes, right? Yes. Like that's what wealth is. Wealth is power. The ability to pull something out of thin air and now this got value. hundred. I mean, they're doing it with water. You can literally try water on the stock market now. That's what wealth is. It's the ability to give arbitrary value to something and then force everyone else to respect that value. Like, I got to respect your job title, although your job title was literally just created yesterday yeah. for my offense. <laughs> right? Like, I got to respect this. Like, I mean, like, the, the real reason why diamonds have value, diamonds have value because they control um, the, the, the market. They control the flow of it. So they create artificial scarcity in order to raise the prices. They do that thing all the time on video games. When you play a game on your phone, and you, you got the item that you really want, and that item is like a $5. Why is it? Because they program it so there's only a few of them. So instead of winning it for free, now you're forced to pay for it. It's artificial scarcity. The same way they do it in the video games is the same way they do it with natural resources. Right now, but now I don't even know if they can fake it anymore with the way they've been exploiting the environment so much. Have you heard about computer chips being coming up scarce and they're running out of computer chips now? Right? And, and, but then this is what happens when you have no restraint, right? And capitalism is like um, Cedric Robinson said, capitalism or any system of economics is simply the extension of the value systems of the people or the culture that creates them, right? So capitalism has no restrictions, but neither does whiteness, right? Yeah. This is why the same people that tell us follow order, just follow orders, are now spinning cops' faces with AK-47s simply because they don't want to do what the cop says, right? Because they're not used to having restrictions. They're not used to having any constraint. 
It was our black asses that couldn't walk down a particular street, not them. It was our black asses that couldn't drink from a particular water fountain, not them. It was our black asses that couldn't walk into a particular building, not them. That's why I said segregation does not, never existed. The way we think of segregation, that's not how history shows it. Like we think segregation is the separation between two different races. No, you couldn't go in their community but they could come in yours. Yeah. There's a difference. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like Malcolm X talk about that all the time. How the white women will always come to the club. Yeah. Right? But you couldn't go to their club. Like, that's not segregation. That's oppression. <laughs> there's, there's a difference. There's a goddamn difference. And like I said, they have, they, have, they have the power to define phenomenon. And that power is what wealth is. The ability to create value overnight. And they do the same thing with history, where they present us with these false dichotomies. Well, you're an integrationalist, and I'm a separatist, right? But one, if I was a separatist, right? If I was truly a separatist, that means you already had integration. I'm trying to separate from it, right? So the fact that, one, you're still begging for integration, meaning you don't have any, you never did. And two, because you don't have integration, there's nothing for me to separate from. You're already separated from it by default. It's not me doing it. It's so not me doing it. So honest, I totally agree. So honest, if, if they had the power to these cycles, these jobs, these cycles, then, then, then we're, we're getting these jobs, we're getting, we're getting these cycles. So is there, is, there any, is there any way that the quote-unquote revolution will ever come because we're always in these cycles that they create, aka jobs? No. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's me being a pessimist. Maybe just me being a pessimist. I just no, no, I, 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 I totally agree with you. So yeah. I, the only reason why I said like, I don't know if it's coming, but I, we still gotta have faith in and hope in our people. <laughs> the only reason why I don't think it's coming, because people like Kevin Samuel, right, shows me that we're really not looking to define our own existence. We're still looking for integration. Yeah. Like I'm learning now that instead of black people ask for equality, I mean, you you want to be equal in the hellhole that they create. Because they're not even happy with what they have created. Right? They're trying to escape the shit. Right? But you want to be equal in that. Right? So instead of asking to be equal, what we should have fought for was the right and the ability to define how we choose to exist and how we choose to define our humanity. Right, because when you actually equal, that means you're sharing their definition of what it means to be human, and their definition of what it means to be human is to be a human resource. What their definition of what it means to be human is to be dominating, and the other one have to be submissive. AKA the reason why a lot of us define our masculinity based off of dominating women. Again, that's their definition of what it means to be a human. And that's why people like Kevin Samuel could pop up overnight and make money. Like, and, and okay, it's not because he's intelligent. No. 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 Like, I, I, I 
took statistics twice. <laughs> I failed it the first time. I had to take it the second time. <laughs> but even I passed it with a B. But even <laughs> I know the way in which he uses statistics ain't how statistics are meant to be used. <laughs> And then you got these so-called intellectuals with master's degrees and PhDs from Africana studies to economics, using their intellectual muscles and all their research to back his argument. It's like, no, that's not how any of this so-called science work, right? But this is what we want, right? Like, what it is like we would we would take the falsehood. As long as it gives us hope that eventually we can integrate. And that's why I'm, I'm writing a piece right now, actually, especially after you know everything that happened yesterday and this Kevin Samuels thing. Like it inspired me to write the piece that I believe the black family don't exist. That, that's, that's my argument. The black family don't exist. And the basis of the argument comes from Dr. Amos Wilson, the developmental psychology of the black child. Well, he argued, are we raising black children? Are we raising children that just so happens to be black, which is not the same thing, right? And then there's another one, um, out of the house of bondage, that was saying the black family was a project that was created by southern plant planters, so the ones who own the plantations. What I'm saying, so our family structure come from. Um, the plantation, essentially, right? So when the way in which we relate to each other has no distinction from the way in which white people relate to each other, right? So what makes the Black family unique in relations to all of these other families? It seems to be they're Black. That's it. So just because you attach Black to it, that's the, the distinction, right? So you're, you're making Blackness an abnormality. You're saying there's no substance to it. It's just different because it looks different because of your physical skin complexion. There's no depth to it. There's no ideas to it. There's no worldview to it. There's no religion to it. Like the only thing that separates this family from this family is strictly the skin complexion. That's it, right? That's what I'm saying. The, the black family doesn't exist. Like, like a lot of people like to quote um, um, Dr. Francis Plus Wilson and saying how the reason why white terrorism or what she called white supremacy exists is because of the fear of genetic annihilation. So some people run with it and say, well, we just need to create more black families. I'm like, but what make a black family black? Yeah. yeah. Well, just two black people coming together and having black children, that's hollow. <laughs> Like, I don't want that. Like you're making you're making blackness this abnormal thing by default. Like us being people living with disability, I think there's substance to it. I think we have acquired life lessons that other people don't have, right? Because of our experience. I think we could develop our own I don't not philosophy, but what I call poetry. We could develop our own worldview, but most of the time, we're not given the platform, and when we are given the platform, it goes back to entertaining or inspiring. <laughs> right? But I feel like we can actually develop a particular ideology. Exactly. Right? We're not given the chance to. Right? So I think there is substance in the disabled community, and just that substance is usually glossed over or it's watered down. Right? And that's what I'm saying about blackness. Like, I need more than just a skin complexion. <laughs> I mean, you can't just give me that. Yeah, yeah but yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely writing a piece. But like I said, the success of Kevin Samuel is like, 
And again, Kevin Samuel didn't start it. Like, it's embedded. And that's Western philosophy. That comes from whiteness. So I'm not even going to blame him because he didn't start it. He just seen the money train. Yeah. Right? He just seen it was easy money. But, like, seeing that type of success overnight, and I know, again, it wasn't him by himself, and it wasn't the Black community by ourselves. It was Google algorithms yeah. helping him, too. And we don't control that. Right? So I know all of this is, is strategic. You know, I shouldn't look at his success as being indicative of the um, larger ideology of our people, because it's not. But it's kind of hard when you see that. Yeah. It's kind of hard. Kevin Samuel is a mess. Somebody needs to tell him that respectability politics is dead. And why are we trying to emulate white gender roles or what else bullshit he is peddling? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why I said, uh, I think Pablo Fuya said, um, liberation is the ability to engage in creative expression. So we're subjugated because we don't have the power to enforce our imagination. Just like, I mean, like the job titles we were just talking about that they pull out of thin air <laughs> and subscribe a $50,000 salary. Yeah. That came out of whiteness imagination. They just have the ability to enforce their imagination. We don't. And so we don't think outside of the imaginary borders that whiteness creates. So we don't think outside of the imaginary borders of gender role, even parent and child relationships. That's detrimental. Right? <laughs> we don't think outside of the borders that they have created between um, people living with disability and non-people living with not living with disability. Right? We don't see ourselves outside of the borders of the nationalities that they have created. Although the nationality was created to benefit colonialism, which is where you get most African nationality, which is the Berlin Conference. Yeah, I think I think also is that the borders are so um, constructed and so so like in place that people don't even recognize that they can challenge that. You know, I, it, it, it's funny, I'm, I'm going, you know, as you know, I'm going to, to my PhD and I'm bringing my knowledge to, to a PhD, but I, I, I've seen, Many people go into a PhD thinking that they're, they're going to get knowledge from it and they're going to create a job from it. I was like, well, you, you, you're not bringing anything to it. So if you're not bringing anything to it, especially, you know, such a high level, this is a fucking PhD. And you're not bringing anything to it that, that's original, that's out of the box. And what the fuck are you doing, dude? I mean, I can understand, you know, high school, college, and all that stuff, because you got to take the basic. But when you go to graduate school, you're supposed to come in with a whole new different theory, a different thing to, to, to really build on. And I see a lot of people that don't that don't do that. They just you know build on what's there. So you know we talked about um, structures. 
it's it's so ingrained in us to fall into those structures and it's like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna live and I'm gonna go to school in this structure. I'm not, I'm not gonna challenge it. I'm just gonna, you know, live and you know um, benefit from it. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, yeah. But T, wanna take it away? A quick uh, a quick, a quick, a quick thing like, like, like Otis said. If you, I just, it just gets me. Like, if you don't bring anything, new language, new, new theories, new something to, to, you know, I mean, especially if you're going to school and you're trying to do, I mean. I just, I, yeah, I just don't understand it. I was, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was talking to um, a couple of PhD students, and they think, like, "Oh yeah," I was like, "Like PhD, I want, I want to get a job." I was like, "What?" He was like, "You're going to school for six, seven years to get a doctor, and that's all you want to do is get a job after you're done." You're not gonna create something new. I mean, that's like, what the fuck? That's the only reason why I'm going to get a PhD is to create something new. If I'm going to a PhD to get a job, fuck, I can, I can do it now. So it's just, it's just amazing because oh, oh, she said it. It's like you gotta create new series, new words, but nobody's doing it. Everybody. It's like the one wants a job. So they go so they just don't want to create a new structure, they just want to nine to five. It's oh it's weird. It's a teach. The point of acquiring a PhD is to create knowledge and to be innovative, but theory is under something because people want to get a job after getting a PhD because they are probably in debt and that is what they heard you are supposed to do all their lives. They have no imagination of what else did because capitalism and the academia killed it. I, I, I agree, Latif, I agree. Is this, it, it, I don't know, I guess, I guess I'm older because I, I, I don't give a fuck about a job. But you know, I I go back to all this. It's like it is so it's so true. I know you, you don't you don't need a PhD to create theory and language, but that's I mean, for, for I don't know for me, that that's the only reason I'm doing this is to create a, a new way of thinking. I mean, why why go into it if you're not going to create a new way of thinking? And that and, and that and that's what we need. I mean, I I, I keep on telling you the worst thing to have is a job. <laughs> and people are like, what, what, what are you talking about? It's like that's the worst thing to have is a job. And, and so so yeah, I mean, I I, I agree with artists. You need new language. You need new words. You need new theory. But I, I just I just don't see people 
doing that work. And if they're doing the work, it is all constructed into the same um, structure. So it's not, it's not coming outside the box. And, and more, more of the people, I, I, I know I don't, don't want to, you know, talk only about PCs, but most of the people they go to to get the PCs, that's all they want is a job. I can, I, you know, I understand you, you gotta pay back your bills, right? That's cool. But still, I, I just, I, I just don't know. I just, you know, I, I, I want to leave something behind that's new and fresh. So the next generation can take on it, take it and make it their own and add to it. You can't, you can't, you can't add to something that is a job that's been there forever. It's, it's not even yours. Or just take it away. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like I said. And again, we, like, Nearly fully, Junior said, we have to remember, well, prisoners inside the prison, right? Or equal playing field. You might have more status than me inside this prison facility, but we're still in the goddamn prison facility at the end of the day, right? And so he's saying we have to remember what you have to do to survive within that prison. I can't really critique. Because I might have to do something to survive that you may not agree with, right? Because at the end of the day, we're both trying to survive in a hostile situation, in an unnatural environment. I forgot who said people always talk about crabs in the bell, but the bell is not the natural environment for the crabs, right? So I'm saying they're getting mad at the crabs, they're getting mad at the one who put them there. I forgot who said it, but I really like it. And essentially, that's what we're dealing with, especially when we're talking about um, people who acquire PhDs and they can't seem to go beyond the scope of the theories that was constructed for them, be it feminism or be it um, um, intersection, intersectionalism or be it critical race theories, right? Like these were theories that was given to you by the system to critique the system. Like that's not how any of this gonna work. Like, I'm not going to give you the tools. It's like, think about it like a virus. A virus evolves in order to survive. A virus don't evolve and they hand you the vaccine to cure it, right? So we're thinking about the system as a virus, which constantly evolved for a survival. It's not going to then turn around and give us the cure. That's stupid, right? And, and, and like, like um, I think Amos Wilson said, only a fool will believe that you will a slave master would give a slave a liberating education. That's not how any of this works, right? And even when you go in this PhD program, you have to understand you have confines, you have restrictions. There's certain things you can't write about, right? They like to talk about how what I call Plato Academy or they call the school system is a free way of exchange of ideas. Being Black in academia or in Plato's Academy, you know that's a damn lie. You know, like, and the, the Plato's Academy is the last highway of exchange of ideas, right? You give people have got expelled because they wanted to highlight um, Jim Crow. Not the teacher may not have talked about it. People have got expelled because they want to highlight Tulsa, Oklahoma, and the bombing of Black Wall Street. People have got expelled behind this stuff. 
Why or or they'll give you a lesser grade, right? Like your work is still there, right? But your 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 grade is diminished because the teacher is uncomfortable with the material you are covering, right? And you have to use their styles, right? You have to use the call marks. You can't use a call mark. You don't use a call mark, and you'll get reprimanded for not using correct social theory, right? So, so schooling is not a freeway ideas. And these people who go for PhDs, we understand they don't have the freedom that they project themselves of having, right? Now, don't get me wrong, especially if they don't go in there with a pre-established identity, because a lot of us go to Plato's Academy seeking an identity. That's why you define yourself based upon the degree you have, right? And as Dr. John Henry Clark said, I have met a lot of young people who have degrees, and I met a lot of smart people who don't have degrees, right? So the degree should never define you. It, like, like my girl always said, she always said a degree is only icing on the cake, but I'm the cake, right? So if our scholars don't go into Plato's Academy thinking like that with a pre-established identity, then the only thing they're going to do is come out and regurgitate the same social theories that was given to them inside the system. And that's not how any of this works. Right, if, it's like if I'm keeping you prisoner in my house, I'm not gonna then turn around and give you keys so you can escape the house. Like, no, like I'm a dumbass criminal at that point. Like, right, that's why I'm mad with it. Oh, so I always the teeth taken away. Now you call, yeah, it's because we have call. I think I think I want to end right there. <laughs> That's, that's, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh God. So, 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 oh, I want to, I want to, I think, you know, what, 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 what do you, after, 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 after that, what, what, oh, this is, oh, God, it's, it's the whole system. Because we, yeah, we, we go to school, we, you know, we say, okay, you have to go to school to get a job, you have to go to school to get this, you have to go to school to get, you know, to make it to the next level and stuff. So, you know, what, what, I, I want to know what, what is your plans, you know, after all this talk, what is your plan? Because you, you got some revolutionary thinking. And, you know, I, I just, just want to know, you know, what, 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 what is you thinking about school and education and, you know, about coming out of that and doing your own shit or, you know, using it to, to do your own shit or, or do, do we have to go through it, you know? I think is even before we come out of it, it's about how we send our children into it, right? So instead of telling your kids you go to school to get a good education, to get a good job, instead of telling them that, you tell them the reason why you need to learn this information is so you can learn yourself, right? Because you don't exist in isolation, right? So if you don't understand how the larger either social system 
or environmental system, right, works, right? Then you're not going to know how you work because everything outside of you is an expression of you, right? Like this is how our ancestors understood education. Europeans took education in order to make you a slave, right? Because they, they, what they said, the one thing I disagree with Frederick Douglass about, or he's, I believe it was Frederick Douglass, who said education make a man unfit to be a slave. I don't think that's true. I think you have to be educated into being a slave, right? You have to look at shadow slavery as a system of education. While I'm educating you about your position, your social position, which is beneath me. It's like the difference between a lion in a circus versus a lion in the wild. One was educated to do tricks, the other one wasn't. You're not gonna look at the wild animal, well, you know, you need education, right? I have education, I know how to survive, so what the hell are you talking about? Oh, you mean I don't have the education so I can entertain you, right? So slavery is a form of education, yeah. right? So we have to come up in, in oppression. And like, 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 I think it was not the first question Wilson who said, oppression um, is built to make us functional um, uh, functional subjugated class, meaning we could be subjugated while still being functional. Right? Yeah. You, could still, you could be oppressed while still benefiting their economy. You could be oppressed while still benefiting their political system. You could be oppressed while still participating in their military to go kill their enemies on their behalf. Yeah. Right. So that one means we are functional oppressed class. So I feel like if we if we tell our kids like you don't go in here in order to go get a job, right? Because that's you going to school to get education so you can become a slave or what they call human resource. I should call yeah. it a human resource. The thing about what it is, you go here so you can come out being a full human being, right? Because you need to know mathematics in order to know yourself because your body's made up of the golden ratio. You need to know chemistry in order to know yourself and biology in order to know yourself because your body is made up of all these different components and all of these different elements, right? So you need to know how they work, right? You, you, you need to know about the, the, the environment and the ecosystem because the ecosystem disappear, you disappear, yeah. right? So this is not for you to go here and for you to get a co corporate job is for you to better relate and better understand yourself and by you better understanding yourself you better understand your reflection or the people you come from and again this is why dr bobby Wright and amos wilson they classify homicide on the same level as suicide that's why um dr bobby Wright essay he said um, lynching by another name is still lynching. Like we think mm -hmm. homicide and, and, and suicide are completely different because I'm inflicting violence on myself versus inflicting violence on somebody else, right? But the reason why I'm engaging in violence is for the same reason, because I'm alienated from my own blackness, right? So because I'm alienated from, my, from myself, I either take it out on my own body or I take it out on somebody else who look like my body. Right? So that's what Dr. Amos Wilson is saying. Homicide and suicide comes from the same place, which is Black self-alienation. And we was educated to be self-alienated. Right? We was educated to be um, disjointed from ourselves. Like I know the first time I learned about Africa was when I was in middle school and my teacher showed me Hotel Rwanda, gave me no context whatsoever. 
Right, so the only thing I'm seeing is African people killing other African people. <laughs> the last thing I want to do is now be like them, be associated with. I remember making jokes about, see, this is why white people took us out of Africa, so we didn't have to do that. I remember <laughs> making jokes like that, but I was educated to think like that. Right, and I'm not saying those thoughts and those ideas will be educated away because I don't believe you can unlearn something. Because you know what they said once you ring a bell, it can't be unrung. Yeah. Right, so the only thing you can do is learn new ideas or different ideas to give you different perspectives. Right, so I didn't unlearn what happened in Rwanda, I simply gained more context to the situation, and so now I have a different perspective on it. I didn't unlearn on the negative stereotype that they have gave me about Africa and my blackness. I simply acquired a different perspective on it because I acquired new and different information. Right? So I'm not unlearning nothing. I'm simply changing and reframing from the way I look at things. That's it. Because I can't get rid of those ideas. They're still there. That's why if I get caught in my emotions, I, may, I might make a black joke here and there. Right? I might even engage in misogyny here and there because I'm still unlearning that. I mean, not unlearning that, but I'm still evolving and changing and growing and modifying my perception, right? And that's what people who don't have disabilities, that's why they might be trying to understand our position and still engage in ableism, yeah. right? Because they're still modifying how they look at particular things, yeah. right? But they're not unlearning it. This, the idea and the concept will always be there. Even if they can't recall it, it's going to be in their subconscious, right? Yeah, yeah, true, true. Latif, you want to take us out? Last comment. So true to go out for what Ada says. If we can't unlearn our previous miseducation, there is no way at this point in time we can be post-racist, post-sexist, or post-obliced. We can't just magically forget those things and act right without doing the work of deconstructing those ideas. So that is why our media is so harmful, because it says we can move past these concepts with the progression of time. This is crap. We have to work and mobilize to deconstruct these cultural tropes, and it is the only way it can be done. Hey, yes, I agree, I agree, I agree. And unfortunately, most people don't, don't want to do that work. This is going to cost them the job. <laughs> that's, 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 that's the cycle that we're in. Only, but yeah, I totally agree. Oh, if you, you want to say anything, last, last words? Um... No, I mean, I guess everything comes back to black people have to enact their own imagination because a lot of people is is getting mad over this Israel and uh, Palestine yeah. genocide essentially, and they're being mad that the U.S. is essentially being indifferent, and by being indifferent means they support it, right? But it's not just the U.S. You gotta look at. You have to look at the UN. Like this is the main reason why the UN was so-called established, right? To prevent, to to, to prevent the um, rise in conflicts in particular regions, right? So if the UN ain't in acting and they're not initiating like a no-fly zone like they did in Libya, you gotta look at all the members of the UN. 
France, Britain, right? Yeah. Germany, Canada, like all of these nations that we have highest thing for simply because they're not America, right? So obviously they're co-signing the same actions. And it's not just America co-signing, right? It's the whole world. Because when they said this so-called African ruler, again, Gaddafi, was engaging in inhumane um, acts against his own people and committing genocide, they was a-okay with sanctioning no-fly zones, right? They were a-okay with denouncing it, but now they're not. So we have to understand that there's nowhere you can go on this planet which is not colonialized. Like everywhere you touch foot on this planet has been affected and impacted by colonial ideology, by, by colonial economic systems, right? So you, you can't escape this. We're not, we're not destroying physical buildings, we're destroying institutions. And as Dr. I think it was Dr. Bobby Wright who said, institution is the collective behavior of the people and the collective behavior of the people is dictated and shaped by their ideas right so this is not a war against physical institutions and physical buildings right this is a war against ideas and as in conflict of mind said bullets can't kill ideals you need bigger ideas to kill ideas Right, so we have to engage the African imagination based off of what our ancestors laid out, right? And chart a new path, chart a new path with how we interact with people living with disabilities versus those who don't. Chart a new path with how parents and ch children relate to each other, how men and women relate to each other, right? Like we got to chart a new path with how we understand and interpolate education. We don't have to always go by goddamn Google definition. Like, you know how I many people tell me I'm wrong and their basis for telling me I'm wrong is because of something Google said? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm telling you, like, Oh, well, I'm trying to tell you my conception of this particular concept is a bit more abstract yeah. than this concrete definition that Google's giving you. I know, but you're wrong. I'm like, but, but if you see the way in which this concept is being implemented versus the way Google defines it, it's often time you don't match up. Like objectivity, right? Like, like, like um, Kevin Samuels would get away with calling himself scientific and calling himself objective simply because he regurgitate data and information. And because a lot of us don't know statistics like that, he gets away with being called rational and logical, right? But even in statistics, it's not completely objective. Like my, my, my stat, stat teacher said, you got lies, you got damn lies, and you got statistics, right? So. You got, you got the people who got set up the criteria, meaning what are you looking to investigate, right? That's subjective, right? How big is your sample size going to be? Meaning how big is the pool of the people you go take the, take the poll from? That's subjective, yeah. right? Um, how are you going to stratify these people? Meaning are you going to separate them based upon the state they live in, based upon their age group, based upon their ethnicity, 
That's based upon your subjectivity, right? And then once you collect that data, now you're going to interpret it. So who are you going to blame for the over-incarceration of Black men? Are you going to blame Black men for being over-incarcerated and making bad decisions? Or are you going to put the blame on the one who financed the report, which is the one who's depriving these communities of resources, which a lot of times causes Black men to engage in these, these behaviors? Right? So, who you gonna, so when you interpret the data now, who are you going to put the blame on? The one who financed the report or the one you studied? Right? All of that is subjective. And who he put the blame on? He put the blame on Black women. Right? So instead of saying, you know what? The reason why Black people have such big health um, disparities, like he was talking about Black women being overweight, is because it's a manifestation of our system of oppression, like alopecia. A lot of the sisters lose their hair because they're stressed. Right? Because yeah. look at the working conditions that they gotta work in. Right? But you don't inc- you don't include that in your analysis. You, you say sisters, either wear your natural hair or shave it all off or get I mean we make fun of their ball spots. Just yeah. like we do with each other. Because men do the same thing. Men, we we lose our hair due to stress as well. But instead of saying, you know, this is one of those manifestations of our oppression, we turn it into a joke, or like you said, playing the dozens, right? I mean, that's what we did with Chadwick Bowie when he showed signs of being sick and when he showed signs of having cancer. Instead of saying, you know what, this is a manifestation of our oppression, we turned it into a goddamn joke. Yeah. Right? So, like, we have to be one a bit more understanding with each other and to be a bit more creative with the way in which we relate to each other, like engage our imagination. And again, on Paulo Fui said, liberation is the ability to engage in creative expression. And we are prohibited from engaging in our creative expression because we're oppressed. That's why when you go get PhD, you may not be able to write what you want to write about. That's why when you go to school, you may not be able to um, study particular topics, or they may not, or they won't, I should say, not may, they won't include your African scholars like Dr. John Henry Clark, Amos Wilson, and a slew of others, right? That's why Black people are kept out of certain institutions and certain jobs, right? Where we're minimizing, you have, you simply have that, that, that face or what we say that token Negro in office, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Because we're prevented from engaging in our creative oppression. I mean, expression. That's why we, our family, have to mirror the um, the worldview and the behavior and the interactions of the white family. So the only thing that distinguishes the black family from the white family is the fact that they're physically black, and they might have to have a talk about the police brutality. But other than that, there's no distinction whatsoever. Right, because we're not able to engage in our creative expression and to find ourselves how we choose, how we choose. And most people, unfortunately, want to integrate in that. I don't know why. It's like you run into the identity, the alienation. Like you embracing the open form. I, I don't understand that. Right, like the reason why black men and black women are so divided. It's not because of us, because it's an extinction of them. So true, so true. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Write it down. Yes, 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 yes. All right, Hito, you want to end there? All right, let's end it. Thank you, Latifah, for 
organizing it. Thank you, Otis, for always the knowledge, always bringing it down. And next time we'll have our brother back in. Keith Jones will be back in the next one. So peace, everybody. Good night. Like to say, man, talk. Thank you. Thank you.